On your marks, get set, go. Okay, right. So, welcome to uh, episode twelve of the She Watch Wolf <gasps> podcast. Twelve. It is. It's episode twelve. Wow. Um, I, sa- I might sound all out of breath. I'm sorry. I've just been out oh, for a run been, for, for a, a marathon. Jog. Yeah. Just a little yeah. marathon. Little, a little block. jog. Yeah. When I say a marathon, I mean a Snickers bar. Other chocolates <laughs> are available. Uh, that's my favorite <laughs> kind of marathon. <laughs> Mine too. We're um, th- welcome, welcome to the uh, <laughs> G Watchables podcast. We are Betty and Rita, and we are here to discuss films, British films, non-Hollywood mm-hmm. films. Yeah, essentially films that are rewatchable and are not glitzy and expensively made for the most part. Mm. It depends on what you think is expensive, I guess. I guess so, yeah. Because yeah. this, I was looking how much this film cost. Sorry, I'm going off on a tangent already. I know we this, said we wouldn't do this, this but we'll do this, it anywhere. Yeah. How, this, how much this, did it cost? It was $10 million to yeah, make. Yeah, and that's... And, you know, that's a lot of pennies. Well, it's a lot of pennies to me and you. It's probably but not... not in terms of film. Not in terms of making no. films. So this film, I've, I've, written, I've written down what this film's about, what happens in this film. This <laughs> film is about an irresponsible man-child with an even more <laughs> irresponsible best friend. He loses yeah. his girlfriend and spends the rest of the film trying to quit smoking and become mature. There's quite a few films that fit that description. And at least two yeah. of them star the lead actor in this film. <laughs> yes. At least but it two. is not, it is not Shaun of the Dead. It is. No. Run, fat boy, run. Yeah, I've just come from a friend's house and I said I've got I need to go home and record a, a film podcast. Um, we're doing Run Fat Boy Run. And she said, That's a real film. <laughs> Which yes, it is. Okay. It is a real film. Yeah. And that's the film that's the film that we're discussing this this month. On IMDB it's got six point six out of ten rating. So I feel like it maybe deserves a bit more than that but if people don't realize it's actually a real film maybe that's why it's so low down exactly 6.6 i think is is reasonable i would watch a film if it's got a 6.6 mm-hmm. but I, I wouldn't expect too much of it yeah. so I, I think it's i think it's a fairly reasonable score it won no awards sadly Mm-mm. Mm-mm. it was a nominee in the empire award for best comedy and yeah. get this 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 is the this is the the award you want it was nominated for best foreign comedy trailer at the golden trailer awards now i, I think that's a bit of a, a thing. it's a bit of an insult no no but now i do now now i'm, I'm looking into it and, and seeing what it was a it was a french film that mm-hmm. won actually this year apparently um in 2007 but what a smack in the face that is if you win the award for best trailer but then you don't get any nominations for best film. Mm-hmm. You know, that's uh, it's a little bit embarrassing, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. I mean, as the person that edits the trailers, you're probably pretty chuffed with yourself for making Definitely. something look watchable. But Yeah, but it kind of implies yeah. that the film is less watchable than the trailer. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's an art to it. Obviously, there's a whole, whole award programme for it. So Maybe it was we down... can get tickets. Maybe, Maybe we can we get should. press passes. <laughs> That'd be amazing. 
So, yeah, 2007 film was directed by David Schwimmer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally I forgot completely, that he directed exactly. this. Yeah. I completely forgot that he directed anything. Um, <laughs> I think he'd done an awful lot of theatre at this point, I think. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah. He got his own theatre company, I think, or set up a theatre company in Chicago, and he'd done a ton of theatre directing, but hadn't done any uh, feature film directing. This was his debut. And I think he's done a couple of things since, but nothing... Uh, Nothing major. It's not been his big break. It's fair to say. Mm-mm. But uh, but bless him, he has a go. Yeah, it's not it's not a bad effort to be fair. No, it isn't. It isn't. Um, it's written by uh, Michael Ian Black. If you look him up on IMDb, he hasn't really done very much else either. Mm-mm. But as I'm sure you are aware, it was almost completely rewritten. Presumably, almost completely rewritten by Simon Pegg mm-hmm. um, when they moved the action from New York, where it was originally yeah. set, to London. So, yeah, there's an awful lot of pegisms in there. <laughs> I think probably most of the writing was done by Simon Pegg, maybe based on the yeah. an original idea, original script by Michael Ian Black. Mm-hmm. It's all a, all a daft British humour is definitely Simon Pegg from like definitely. all of the films, like you said. Um, did you see it at the cinema? We'll come back to that because it's favourite line, so you'll get those. Oh, I know, I know. There's a whole list. There's a whole list. Um, yeah, did, did you see it at the um, cinema? Did you, I think I did. I didn't. No, I actually can't remember the first time I saw this, but it was quite a few years back. But yeah, I genuinely can't remember, but I know it wasn't in the cinema. I I have a feeling I saw it in the cinema. In fact, I'm almost certain that I did. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't make a massive impact on me uh, at the time. I thought, I, this is why, I mean, I've written, I've written, is it what is it rewatchable and uh, why or why not? I've written mm-hmm. that um, I enjoyed it much more watching it again than I did the first time I watched it. And I think I had kind of lower expectations, you know, <laughs> which it does help, doesn't it? You know why? Because uh, Will's End hadn't come out by this point, so you didn't realise just how bad it could get. I know, yeah. <laughs> That's that's it. That's it. And this is by no means as bad as that. No, it's not. Definitely. Uh, not. They're not going to put that on the poster, are they? Not as not as bad as uh, World's End. <laughs> yeah, might might prefer it now. You've seen World's End. Exactly. Yeah. So how British is it? I mean, it made me think. You know, if um, if it actually had been filmed in New York as it was supposed to be, you know, mm-hmm. would we be talking about it now? I guess not. It would not be in our remit. No, I don't think it would. There's a British company called Material Productions that moved it over to uh, to London. Um, not quite sure what went wrong, why they couldn't get it made in New York. Uh, the website with, with the information about this was very vague. It didn't get made for multiple reasons, but it didn't really give any of yeah. those. I don't know if you turned up anything. I didn't, but I was just thinking about this myself and I thought if it was to have been made in the US... A film of like this sort of scale and budget and story, you would think it's going to be like an indie film, but then you, do you know what I mean? Like that vibe, like The Way Way Back or uh, Little yes. Miss Sunshine and um, Perks of Being a Wallflower, things like that. It would have maybe that vibe to it, but not, yeah. I can't see what kind of audience it would get as an indie film in America. No. So to me, no. it works as like a, a British film. Far better. 
It does, yeah, because it features an underdog, and there's no one better at being mm-hmm. an underdog than uh, British yeah. actors like Simon Pegg. <sighs> yeah, true, very true. So it was uh, filmed mostly in the Columbia Road district of London and on Hampstead Heath, mm-hmm. uh, with a mainly British um, but quite diverse uh, cast. Mm-hmm. Which we'll do now. I was going to say, which we'll come back to. Let's oh, do yeah. cast. Let's do cast now. Yeah, and then we're First, going in some sort of order. <laughs> yeah, we would almost, you know, look like we, we, we almost know what we're doing. The first person I've written down under cast and MVP mm-hmm. is Floella Benjamin. And this will yeah. not ring any bells with you at all because you're a smidge younger than I am. Oh, go but on. Floella Benjamin, who plays who plays um, Tandy Wee Newton's mum, Mm-hmm. And I have to apologise here and now that we're probably going to say Thandie Newton at some point during this, yeah, uh, just this podcast. Yeah. We are well aware. Exactly. You know, we're, we're, we're all, you it's know, we're, we're, there, we're woke, but we're just also forgetful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we're doing our best here. Um, but Viola yeah. Benjamin plays her character's mum. And she mm-hmm. was a stalwart on children's TV when I was little. Mm-hmm. Floella Benjamin was just a, a legend. So to see her pop up in this film, I mean, she's MVP for mm-hmm. me already, and she's only in about two scenes. But Oh, that's so go. nice. Do you remember Floella Benjamin? I remember Floella Benjamin from uh, Play Days, I think it was, I don't know, was it 90s? Okay, it must have been 90s, unless I was, like, too old to be watching Play Days. <laughs> But you know it was awesome, so why wouldn't I? Yeah, good. That, so she, yeah, so she must have been um, in children's TV for quite a long time then. Footnote: Floella Benjamin began presenting children's TV in 1976 with Play School, and then Play Days in the 1980s. She has appeared in a number of British TV programmes, including the Doctor Who spin-off The Sarah Jane Adventures. Baroness Benjamin was made a life peer in 2010 having previously been honoured for services to broadcasting, charity work and contributions to the life of the UK and is listed in the top 100 most influential people in the UK of African or Afro-Caribbean descent. Legend. Floella Benjamin then, an early an early contender for MVP, but we have got Simon Pegg in a fat suit, mm-hmm. which when, when, I, when I re-watched it, I was initially not sure if it was a fat suit or not, but you can you right. can tell. It's fairly obvious that he's just got a strap-on belly, hasn't he? Yeah, I thought it was a bit excessive for his usual build. Yeah, definitely. And he doesn't strike me as a method actor where he would do a Christian <laughs> Bale and just <laughs> pile a load just of Just eat a load of chips, yeah. Lose it for his next film, you know. No, although he must, to be fair, he must have worked out for, you know, for Mission Impossible and, and Star mm. Trek. So, you know, maybe he could. But, yeah, it, it's it's... It's fairly unevenly distributed, isn't it? Yeah. The, uh, yeah. the fats. So, yeah. So, yeah, Simon Pegg in a fat suit and Thandi uh, Wee Newton in a wig. Did you know that was a wig? I didn't know, actually, no. It's a very good wig. It is, yeah. Yeah. It surprised me. I know. I was surprised. Oh. So, yeah, good wig yeah, work. Can't tell. Mm-hmm. I don't have very the name of the person who, who made the wig, but it's a, <laughs> it's a good wig. Footnote. Thandiwi Newton's wig was made by Carol Robinson and was styled by Jan Sewell, who also did her makeup. 
it seems that 50% of the makeup department worked solely on Ms Newton, which kind of makes sense. Maybe the other half were responsible for Hank Azaria's tan. I was actually watching one of the scenes where she's got it all like loose and, you know, flowing down. And I was thinking, oh, her hair's so gorgeous. I know, I know. I spent most like, of the film thinking that and then, yeah, found out it was a wig. Lovely hair. Hair envy. Who else have we got in terms of uh, British actors? We've got um, uh, Harish Patel as uh, Mr. Gosh Dash Dada. <laughs> I'm glad you said that there. I <laughs> yeah, that's, that's easy for me to say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, apparently, when um, when it was supposed to be filmed in uh, in New York, Mr. I'm going to say it again, Gosh Dash Dada, and then I'm not going to say it again because I've, I've, that's two on two now. So I'm, I'm yeah, good. he was supposed to be Italian. Did did cast uh, a kind of you know. Yeah, um, and then when they recited it to this particular area in, in London, it made much mm-hmm. more sense um, for him to be Asian. Um, but he's very good. He is he is round. He's genuinely round. He's not wearing a fat suit skull. Oh, I know. He's fabulous. And Amazing at the end fella. of the film, he's uh, he's jogging around he like is. nobody's business. Yeah, good on going him. to spin class, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've got Dylan Moran playing Dylan Moran, obviously. <laughs> he is just Bernard Black. He's definitely Bernard Black in everything. He is, yeah, yeah. He's Bernard Black if he didn't have to go to work. Yeah. If he found someone to staff the bookshop for him. I've got him as my MVP. Have you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose so. I suppose just because so. I think, I mean, we'll get to it later, but I just think he has the best lines, like all the best lines. He does have a lot of good lines. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, uh, can, can you argue against Hank Azaria, though? as MVP, because the whole film doesn't work without him. No. And, and he's Hank Azaria. Oh, I know. Yeah, I love Hank Azaria. Looking quite buff, it has mm-hmm. to be said. Yeah. He must have uh, toned up for the for the film, particularly the gym uh, scene, which, again, <laughs> we'll come back to. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Matthew Fenton um, as Jake, um, uh-huh. Dennis's son. Who doesn't? He's been in quite a few TV programs, mm-hmm. but uh, as far as I'm aware, no other films. Yeah, it's um, quite difficult to get some proper info on him, really. Yeah, I was trying to figure out how old he was when he was in the film. Yeah, but he's a... was doing that thing where it's like trying to figure out how old a kid is from how tall they are, which doesn't really work. So yeah, um... yeah, it doesn't. And how, well, I was thinking about teeth as well. You're like how old are how old are kids when they start losing the teeth? But you know you can't even judge uh, that kind of so. Yeah. I don't know, but he's a good little actor. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, he has he's done some TV since, but um, but no films. Are the more. So you're going for Dylan Moran as your as your MVP, uh, Gordon. Yes. Yeah, because I think like he gives Dennis the extra motivation by making a bet. And you know, I thought it was really nice he bet for in favour of his friend doing True. something. Yeah. And I thought, that's very nice. It's putting some faith into your mate. It is, And then, actually. obviously, when he falls at the first hurdle the morning after, which we've all done, set our alarm, 6am, I'm yes. going up, out for a run, and then you just go, no, snooze. He's there, kicks his butt straight away, get out and get running. He is a little bit out of... It's a bit out of character for his character, isn't it, really? Oh. You would imagine that he would bet against him. Yeah, but I think he's like a bit of a softy, really. Exactly, yeah. It shows you that... Yeah, exactly, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's a good one at heart, isn't he? Yeah. So uh, what are your favourite scenes? Um, Um, Speaking of the gym. 
<laughs> well, I have got the gym scene and the spin class and, that is, and what follows. As I, one of definitely. I think that whole section of the spin class and yeah. uh, and the, <laughs> the changing room um, and then the falling down the stairs. Apparently, uh, the, <laughs> it's yes. a really good fall, but a, apparently the uh, stuntman really hurts himself doing that oh, fall. And now I can't watch it anymore. He falls on his hand if you watch it. He actually falls up on his hand Ugh. and it, it looks really quite painful. But it's yeah. very, very funny. So fair play to oh, yeah. it. Is. I, can, I can't look at talcum powder anymore without <laughs> thinking of the gym scene. <laughs> it's just like, oh no. Did you read the little uh, trivia about that scene? Uh, I, I, I believe that in order to, for a, uh, to provoke a, a realistic response, posing pouches were not used. Yeah. Uh, in that scene, <laughs> which must have been terribly distressing. <laughs> I know. You could just imagine Simon Pegg sat there going, uh, okay, I was not expecting this. It is, it's the bit where they just cut to him, though, in the changing room, and he's still lying on the floor, just in the corner mm-hmm. of the room. That just that just tickles me just by itself <laughs> and kind of falling off the bike. And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a really good scene. And the, uh, the training it montage is. as well. I love the training yes. montage. Me too. And of course, it's yeah. just before you go to the training montage, there's a poster for Team America, World Police, mm-hmm. just behind him. So it's, it's kind of like an in-joke, isn't it? Like, we know we know training montages are cheesy, yeah. But, yeah. but here's one anyway. Yeah. You've yeah. got to have a training montage. Of course you do, yeah. Rocky set the standard. Yeah, definitely, yeah. And I remember recently seeing, fairly recently seeing um, Rocky Balboa, Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't know, five, six, where are we up to? Um, and it's a terrible, terrible film. But the training montage in it is just like you just watch it and you just think this is the best film I've ever seen. Yeah, there's just something about the gym. yeah, there's just something about a training montage that it just it amps everything up in the film. Ah, oh, too right. Love it. I know. I think it's at that point where you think I could run a marathon. And uh, yes, I think. We, we, We've probably both had that thought whilst watching this film. It's bad for your health watching this film, actually, because it does make uh-huh. you, yeah, want to uh, sign up for stuff. Of course, we never really said at the top of the at the top of the podcast why we picked this film for this month. Yeah, of course. Um, so and we we picked it. It's not it's not like us to just miss things out and do things in the wrong order, <laughs> is it? Um, yeah, we always get back round to it at some point. We do, we do. Uh, we picked the, we picked this film because, of course, we are hoping for the return of Park Run. Uh, this month. Yay! Is there a date? There is a date. It completely eludes me at this moment in time. Uh, Our local kids' one's been back for a couple of weeks. Yeah. I think there was a little bit of worry about starting the adult one's backs in like a staggered way because it might mean that a load of people all just turn up to one venue rather than spreading it out. Yeah. I think think the adult ones are all going back on the the same day. On the same day. Yeah, that makes sense. Footnote. All being well, Parkrun will be returning to the UK on Saturday the 24th of July at 9am. There are 536 events across the country, so get your barcode, lace up your trainers and run, listener, run. Um, Which will be nice, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, One of my other favourite scenes, sorry, I've got to mention it because I've like circled it a lot, is the... um... The itchy crotch scene. Oh, <laughs> but it's kind of excruciating oh, though as too well. Funny. Yeah. It's, it's kind of oh yeah, it's one of those yeah. cringy moments. 
But it is Where hilarious. Although, I mean, I, I have put this down under favourite lines and uh, kind of use them in real life, but I'll, I'll mention uh-huh. it now. <laughs> it just makes me laugh just, just looking at it on a piece of paper. Keep your hands out of your scrotal zone while you're at work. <laughs> you can't use it in real life. Well, I, do you know what? I'd like to do. think you don't have to use it oh, in real life. But, um... I am glad that you just established that. Because <laughs> I was well, thinking, where do you use that in real life? <laughs> But it is a, an excellent line, which makes me chuckle every time. Uh-huh. But yeah, that scene's a little yeah. bit excruciating. Yeah. Favourite scenes. So we've got favourite scenes basically being all the all the working out scenes. Um mm. have you got any have you got any fast forwards or um check your social media? Um yeah, I've got one. Only one for me. It's the the scene with Maya where she sort of just appears in Dennis's little basement flat and like makes a bet with him basically that if he doesn't do the marathon she gets to kick him out of the house yes and i just think it doesn't add anything to the story really other than a little bit later on in the film when spoiler alert he temporarily quits on his marathon training he gets turfed out on the street and he's carting his mattress and a trolley full of things around with him but to me it doesn't really add anything um, but the other mm. thing I don't like about that scene, uh, I've written under, has it dated? You shouldn't really take nude pictures of people with, with a Polaroid camera in order to blackmail them. Uh, I think that that's kind of dated. true. I mean, you should never, ever, ever have done that anyway. <laughs> I don't think you would get that in a film these days. Uh-huh. I think they would say, whether whether it's a you know man taking pictures of a woman or vice versa, I, I don't think, I think someone would say that's not really on. Actually, even even yeah. as a comedy, even as a little bit of a comedy thing, that's you know, mm-hmm. then that's that's a little bit dated. So yeah, I know where you're coming from with that. I don't know. There's uh, the, the blister. I can do without the blister. Ooh, yeah, that is gross. Yeah, that's the second most disgusting fluid I've ever had in my eye. It's like ew. It it just seems a little bit like a, a scene from another film, though. It's a bit like it's like a gross out moment, and I don't mm-hmm. get why it's in that. I know it's it's kind of funny, but it's it's I've put under um, is it far fetched? Yeah, there's not that much stuff in a blister. You know that wouldn't happen. No, there is that not. whole exploding blister nonsense. No, I could do without the blister. Um, yeah, I can do without that too. I can. I know. I know that it sets up Gordon's bet, but the stuff mm-hmm. in the gambling den, I can kind of do without all of that. Yeah, it's all peripheral, really, and you know you've got Simon Day and it. Like you say, I know it puts another level on the whole the whole jeopardy of will he finish it, will he won't finish, you know, will he not finish it. Mm-hmm. But I don't really, I don't really get that whole thing. You know, who who owns that? Who owns that illegal gambling den? I know. It's very it switch. A weird situation. Those pianos. I mean, you don't just sell the pianos. <laughs> Surely that'd be a bit more lucrative than uh, than operating a, an illegal gambling den. I just I don't get that that whole bit really. Um, no. I'm sure we could just have Gordon putting a bet on, you know, with some shifty people that he knows that we don't even really see. Um, yeah. But I can, I can live without that. And I have to say, sorry, I realise that what I'm saying is I'm basically going to fast forward most of the film or check my social media throughout. That that's not what I'm saying, but. Once it gets to the race, once it gets to the race, and once um, Wit's character is out of the race, I do get a little bit bored then. Mm-hmm. It just kind of yeah, it just you know gets a bit too silly. Goes on a bit. It gets a little bit boring towards the end. That's my only um, mm-hmm. 
I like the very end. I like the finish of the race. Yeah. But the kind of the, that intermediate bit, I get a bit bored. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair enough. And I mean, because the far fetchedness becomes like almost too much. It's like, one, there's no way that a TV camera would focus on them to having a set to. And then the whole like zooming in on the foot trip as no. well. It's just like, oh, we don't, you know, you're spelling it out now. It feels a bit too, yeah. it just feels a bit too much. I know it's played for laughs, isn't it? And you've mm-hmm. got, a, at that point, you've got a Peter Serafinovitz as the uh, commentator, haven't mm-hmm. you? And he, um, yeah. he calls Hank Azaria a, a rude word. We might have to, when, <laughs> when we're doing, um, when we're doing uh, favourite lines and can you use them in, in real life, we may have to take a good place um, attitude towards some of these lines. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> substitute words, but yes. Um, it's funny. It's funny, uh-huh. but like you said, it wouldn't happen, would it? It wouldn't happen. No. Let's just get let's just get out of the way. Is it a bit far fetched? Because I've got several. Um, is it a bit yes. far fetched? But yeah, you're right. There's no way they would catch up with the elites. No, that's it. No um, way the elites would set off just before you know yeah. runners. Yeah, that's silly. They'd almost have finished by the time anybody else <laughs> that starts. Is true. I mean, have you ever tried to catch up with any any of the elites at Park Run? I mean, they've literally done they've literally done a lap of the park by the time yeah. you've, you've even kind of got you've into your shuffled stride. off the first corner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's there's absolutely no way on earth you'd catch up with the elites and get in that mm. uh, getting that little little huddle with them. And I mean, just just in general, is it a bit far fetched? Yes, yes, it is. You would die if you tried to do a marathon without actually doing. <laughs> having run further than the end of your street yeah take it from betty that did a 10k run without any training and ended up having like 12 weeks of physiotherapy afterwards (laughs) it's not a good idea and doing a marathon would kill you yes yeah it would the other thing that it is a bit nitpicky but you know it's true um Mm -hmm. these days certainly you have to have finished the marathon by 6 p.m um to be classed as a finisher you, you can't just carry on like that. No, look what can't happened a few years ago to people that were still finishing within the allotted time. The streets were getting cleaned up and they were getting like abuse from people for still yeah. being out running. Exactly. Even though they were perfectly within the rights to do so. Yeah. So yeah, that certainly wouldn't happen. I looked up, um, just because I was interested, what the longest marathon time uh, was in the Guinness Book mm-hmm. of Records. Have you, have you heard this story? I've not, I've not. No. You'll love this. This is in the Guinness Book of Records, right? Okay. It's completely irrelevant. It's a good story. I'm excited. There's, uh, there's a guy called uh, uh, Shiso Kanakuri, a Japanese chap, sadly passed away now. Uh-huh. But um, he completed a marathon in 1967 in Stockholm. 54 mm-hmm. years, 246 days, 5 hours, 32 minutes and 20 Point three seconds after he started it in 1912. Wow, that is a ridiculous <laughs> amount of time, isn't it? That is 54 incredible. years. Yeah, 54 years. What happened was That's crazy. So he, he entered he entered the uh, the marathon in the 1912 uh, Olympics. He it was very 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 hot, mm-hmm. and lots of uh, the contestants just didn't make it. They didn't finish. Uh, he collapsed and was taken to uh, right. a family's home. Uh, he was a bit embarrassed, right? So he just didn't. He didn't ever report in. He didn't ever check in. Um, he just kind of sloped off. He didn't register himself as not finishing. 
Um, he just disappeared. Um, and then he he got uh, logged as a missing person, despite the fact. Oh no. Despite the fact that he also competed at the 1920 uh, Olympics and the 1924 Olympics, he was still registered as a missing person. <laughs> and then someone That's tracked him funny. down in 1967. Um, he was 75 at this point. And uh, they just asked him if he would like to finish it. So he went and finished the marathon uh-huh. uh, 54 years after he started it. So he is officially um, <laughs> the person who has taken the longest time That's brilliant. to run a marathon. So, you know, maybe it's not quite so far-fetched after all. Respect. Um, other, other than mm-hmm. Mr. Uh, uh, Kanakuri, Mr. Lloyd Scott, who was a, an Uber fundraiser for charity, um, he took five days, eight hours, 29 minutes and 46 seconds in 2002 to run the London Marathon. Uh, wearing a 130-pound deep-sea diver's suit. But, uh, yeah, since then, the rules have changed. I remember seeing that on some sort of breakfast TV show. Oh, if you look him up, he did it once, um, dressed as a knight, dragging uh, an enormous dragon behind him. You know, he's a a good egg. Footnote. Lloyd Scott has raised over £5 million through events such as a 175-mile ultramarathon, an underwater marathon in Loch Ness, cycling a penny farthing across Australia and climbing Kilimanjaro on a llama. He is now enjoying his well-deserved retirement. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately the rules have changed recently and you can't do that. You can't just take your time. Did you see the guy at the Manchester 10K a couple of years ago when we last ran it together and he was carrying a fridge on his back? Seems so long ago. That's insane. Oh, I saw the fridge man because he overtook me. He overtook me. Oh, that's embarrassing. I was very sad. I mean, I was walking at that point because I was absolutely shattered. But, yeah. I um, I did see the people dressed as a full-cut breakfast. That was my favourite. So they were my favourite running companions. <laughs> yeah. Which, <laughs> which I guess I brings I us to... favourite running companion. <laughs> <laughs> No, there was a fried egg and a sausage and some beans. I'm going to run after them, aren't I? Come on. Well, I can't beat that. I can't beat that. You can't. You can't beat an egg. I can't beat an egg. Ba-dum-tsh. <laughs> so, yeah, this brings us uh, to is there any good food in the film, I think. Because, again, Cut one breakfast. of my... Yes, one of my favourite lines is, I'm eating my full English breakfast with extra breakfast. Uh-huh. I like that. That's my one of my favourite bits. Libby's bakery looks fabulous. Oh, I forgot about the bakery bit when it came to the food. I know. The cakes look amazing. Of course, you got David Walliams as well um, in yeah, his cameo. <laughs> trying to buy a, a gingerbread. <laughs> what is he trying to buy? Playing Mr. Man. Mr. Man, yes, basically, yeah. Yeah, he is. Is it a gingerbread shaped like a fish? Eventually, he says he will settle for a gingerbread baked, uh, shaped as a fish. I'm not, I'm not quite sure what he wants. He wants something seasonal, doesn't he? Does he want a gingerbread rabbit or something, something Easter themed or something like that? Oh, yeah. And then she says we only yeah. do those at Easter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so lots of drinking. You know what I'd like? Right, here's a nitpick. Here's a nitpick. So after um, Libby's party, were oh, I mean, that's a sad scene, isn't it? When uh, where Wit proposes to. Uh, to Libby, and she, well, seemingly reluctantly accepts, and um, yeah. Dennis goes on a bit of a bender. Yeah, so, it's a bit off. So he's walking home, he has his pint, mm-hmm. he throws his pint, so he hasn't got a pint, 
And then in the next scene, we see him with another pint. Mm-hmm. Where's he got that second pint from? <laughs> well, you know, it's London, isn't it? Early hours of the morning, you can get a beer anywhere. I mean, he's, he's absolutely trolled. He's absolutely trolled. I can't imagine anybody letting him into the pub to get another drink. It, maybe he's just, like, walked past a table outside of a pub and picked a half-drunk pint up. That's quite likely. He strikes me as the kind of person that would do that. So, yeah, yeah, I'll take that. Exactly. I also think. Why would I even think about that being a possibility? (laughs) I'm sure you've never done such a thing. (laughs) I've never, I've never. I definitely definitely think the next next race that we do, I definitely want a pint on one of the water stations instead of water. I think that's an excellent idea. They just pass him a pint, don't they? He drinks some of it and then throws the rest of it over him. I do, yeah. I want to do a beer run. That would be great at some point. Yeah. Well, any kind of run, to be fair. <laughs> any kind of run would be great. Is there any running in this film? This is kind of a redundant category, to be fair. But yeah. there's there's lots of running that isn't marathon-related running. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's true. We've got running from the wedding. Yeah. Running after the shoplifter. <laughs> Brilliant scene. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love it how she taunts him outside the shop then like later on going, come on. <laughs> Still got the bra. When he's when he's running to try and find Jake, he runs really fast. Yeah. Yeah. Sprinting. Which kind of, mm-hmm. you know, that that's the kind of turning point. That's when you realise that he really does, you know. He's got, he's got himself fit and he really does want the best for his, his son and he you know, he runs after him. Mm-hmm. Wit doesn't run after him, does he? He doesn't go looking yeah. for him. No. This is what I like. Going back true. to the cast and the you know the writing and whatnot. I like how Wit is gradually revealed to be like a piece of work. Um, if we can't you mm-hmm. know call him any other rude words, but yeah. you know, because to, to be fair, the first the first <laughs> half of the film, you actually think, well, do you know what? He is a pretty decent. You know, he's a catch. He's, yeah. he's you know he's, yeah. he's he seems like a genuine. He does. Person. He's got a, he's got an income. You know, he dresses well, he looks after himself, mm-hmm. you know, he's good with Jake. Seems to yeah, dope exactly. Somebody. And, you know, you do kind of think, yeah. well, he's not a bad egg. And then they kind of gradually chip mm-hmm. away at that, don't they? Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. And even for some of it, I think probably at the party, when he starts to, to tell Dennis a few home truths about the marathon, and mm-hmm. I suppose that, that exchange is supposed to make you think, oh, he's not being very nice to Dennis. But... Even yeah. even at that point, I do think. Do you know what? He's got a point, though. Maybe he's got yeah. good intentions. By Definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it isn't a good idea to do a marathon without any training. And mo- I would imagine most people <laughs> that try that um, don't finish. So you know, you think, well, he's still not, he's still not too bad. But then when he pulls the stunt with the with the uh, the ring in the trainer, which is really cheesy, and then all of a sudden at the end of the film, yeah. he's really revealed to be a. a Proper bad egg. Yeah, it's not the best way to propose to somebody. My internet connection is unstable. You don't say. There we go. Oh, we're back. I'm back. I'm back. (laughs) Forgotten what I was saying. (laughs) I'm sure it can't have been relevant to anything. But yeah, what he says to Jake when he's fiddling with the bed in the hospital was was supposed to be even even nastier, but they had to tone it down for for the censors. Um, Which I suppose brings Mm -hmm. us to can you watch it with your mum? I have to say that I watched the I watched it with the commentary. And on the commentary is David Schwimmer, uh, Thandiwi Newton, Simon Pegg, and Simon's mum. 
because she just happened to be in New York at the time and just came oh. along to the recording. She doesn't really say anything. She just kind of sits at the back of the room and just occasionally Aww. says, I can't, I can't hear the film, <laughs> which is really cute. So, yes, yeah, so Simon that's Pegg so has watched it with his mum at least once. Yeah, that's really cute. Um, so there's a bit of bad language and innuendo, it's a 15. So I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't think my mum would appreciate it, to be fair. Yeah, I think my mum would watch it to humour me, but I don't think she'd really care about it. No. What I do like is that uh, Dennis does get told off by his son for, for using bad la- language. Yeah. Uh, when he's up in the tree. When he's oh, up in the tree. He's, he's really cute, his kid. He is, yeah. Uh, uh-huh. And he calls, uh, he calls Walter a, a shirt head, shall we say, and he gets told off. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, it's borderline. It's a borderline, can you watch it with your mum film? I think you'll need a, a couple of mint balls to, uh, to get through it. I reckon my mum would be getting the mint balls out for the uh, the gym locker room scene, definitely. <laughs> there'd, be a, there'd be a rustling of mint ball packaging. Yes, <laughs> I think you're probably right. <laughs> um, is it a mole movie? I've I've written no, because I, I mean, there's plenty of women in it, but I can't recall any conversation. But again, you know, we've said this before, it doesn't necessarily mean that, that something has got... Um, poor gender politics just because it fails the Bechdel test because Libby is a is a financially independent woman isn't she in this film um she's not a damsel in distress needing to be uh rescued by either of these potential husbands she's got a very thriving business she doesn't need either of them and indeed spoiler alert uh, at the end she doesn't automatically get back together with with Dennis you know that you've got you've got a little suggestion that that they might get back together again in the future, but um, you know she, she's she's quite happy on her own for the time being. Yeah, yeah, she's a strong female character. Yeah, definitely. So no, it's technically not a movie that Mole can go and see, but uh, uh, we we like Libby. It's, I mean Libby, Libby in this film, and then you've got Liz in Shaun of the Dead. You know they can't even come up with. Mm-hmm different names about <laughs> very different names uh, for the for the girlfriend <laughs> yeah do you know i hadn't thought about that actually it was only once i started writing down the similarities i was like this is exactly the same film but with fewer zombies yeah maybe he might have run faster if uh, the zombies mm-hmm. had been chasing him i've realized <laughs> that we've missed out how many degrees of richard curtis um did you get any uh yeah i have got one i've got one did you get any I got, um, I mean, obviously there's the, there's the easy link, um, which we've done before with Sean, uh, with uh, Simon Pegg playing Sean in Sean of the Dead and Bill Nye and uh, obviously Bill Nye's uh, in, uh, in Love Actually, but we've done that before and I don't yeah. know whether we should start a new rule that you can't, you can't go over old ground. Yeah, fair enough. With these links. Yeah, I think that's fair. If we... Um, if, I, I have got one if we discount Bill Nye. Yes, I do have another one. But he was the easy link. So what was your link? I'll, um, I'll, I'll, do, I'll do mine. I'll do my, uh, my slightly more long-winded one. Okay. Which is, uh, Thandi Newton was in Rock and Roller. Yeah. So she was in Rock and Roller, which was directed by Guy Ritchie. Right. Guy Ritchie also directed The Man From Uncle. Oh, I love that film. Which... It's good, isn't it? So good. Um, it also featured Hugh Grant as mm-hmm. Waverly, who was in Four Weddings and a Funeral, directed by Richard Curtis. Nice. That's my slightly more long-winded one. 
I think that's about as many the same number of connections as I've got, but mine are different. Yeah. But I do start with Tandy Newton, and she was in Mission Impossible Two with Doug Ray Scott. Oh, right. he was a baddie in that. He was a real baddie. Yeah. Oh, he was. Um, yeah. I've never seen it, but apparently he was in Ripley's Game. And oh, right. Was Lena Headey? I'm never mm-hmm. sure how to say mm-hmm. her surname. Is it Lena? Lena. Lena. Let's call the whole thing off. <laughs> Um, she was in St. Trinian's as uh, one of the more mild-mannered school teachers and Colin Firth also starred in St. Trinian's and ah, obviously there Richard we go. actually... Yeah, Very there good. Go. I was quite proud of that. Yeah, that is a good one. Yeah, we've definitely not uh, trodden any of those connections before, I don't mm-mm, think. Mm-mm. Soundtrack. Soundtrack's a bit odd, isn't it? It's really quite eclectic. Yeah, it is. There's um, some good running tracks in there. Oh, yeah, definitely. I this is a it... bit where I'm going to blag it now because I completely and utterly forgot to look into soundtrack. I, I couldn't actually, I couldn't find listed anywhere who did the, uh, uh, who was the composer. I uh-huh. mean, there's not an awful lot of um, original music in it. The only part that springs to mind is when he's finishing the race and you've got that triumphant kind of mm-hmm. um, race finishing um, piece of music, but uh, the rest of it is kind of jukeboxy, isn't it? So I, I, I wonder whether Chelsea Dagger uh, might have to go on the running playlist. Oh, um, I love Chelsea that's, Dagger. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a really good scene where he runs to the end of the street. We've all been there. Mm-hmm. Your first 30 seconds, you think, I can do this. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. It's, it's not all that running, it's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then get to the end of the street. Yeah. Some unusual. Obviously, keep on running got to go on any film that's to do with running obviously we've not we've not mentioned the, the actual race because um i mean we all know it's the london marathon don't we we all know that right yeah mm-hmm. but another film apparently had the rights to the london marathon which is why instead it's called the nike river run even though sponsorship yeah oh my yeah they did there's actually a line in the film as well that says i think it's does it actually say they're the best shoes you can buy um, yeah uh, mr line... g says it to uh, dennis when he gives him the pair of nights yeah so yeah they must have goodness can't imagine I mean, they're quite open about it on the commentary about the product placement because they say you know it means that you can you know you, you've got you've got money to mm-hmm. you know make better choices um with the film Plus, you get to wear some nice sports gear and wear some nice yeah, sports shoes. So, yeah. Absolutely, I believe uh, all, all Hank Azaria's wardrobe was um, was uh, donated by Xenia. I mean, I know nothing about men's suits, but apparently they they gave them a, a ton of uh, they gave them a ton of clothes, and no one even Very knows nice. who they are. Well, I don't anyway. But then I know nothing about this. I was going to say, maybe better, Beth, Betty and Rita from up north don't have a clue, but I'm sure some, <laughs> someone, someone will. Somewhere but they're not badged, are they? Is my point. You know, no, you, you no. know that the trainers are Nike, you know, but uh, but the suits, I don't know. Maybe they've got, yeah. you know, defining characteristics that we're just completely ignorant of. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, favourite lines, and can you use them in real life? <laughs> one, one that I do sometimes <laughs> use in real life and I don't think it's just from this but it reminds me of Alan Partridge I'm sure it's in Partridge as well can I just stop you there? I knew you were going to say that one <laughs> <laughs> I've not got anything to say Yeah, use sparingly, you can use that in real life you can, you can I think one that I've heard used a few times and not just by myself but by other runners is someone saying, 
oh, I, I couldn't run. And you say, gosh, you can. You just put one leg in front of the other, but fast. Yeah, just it's, over it's and like over and so over easy. again, yeah. but really fast, yeah. Yeah. It's true. There's nothing special about it. No, no, there really isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I do feel, uh, having watched this film, I, I do feel the need to ask everyone at the beginning of the, the first part run, um, how are your nipples? <laughs> <laughs> Although I believe it's not so much a problem on a 5K, to be honest. But No, I don't know. think it is. But I also feel like you might get asked not to come back. To I might, it might be the first and last, yeah. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe if you um, sign up to the half marathon in October, then, you know, that'll be something to think about. Possibly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a couple of my favourite lines are, Gordon, I don't have an alarm, I never need to be anywhere. Sadly, Fair you can't enough. really use it in real life, but I'm sure somebody could. Definitely, yeah. Uh, one of the things that I've put under, has it dated, is alarm clocks. Because mm. I love his enormous yellow alarm clock, but who... I have an alarm clock, but I'm sure mm-hmm. many people don't. I, I like to switch my phone off at night and, you know, put it away. But many yeah. people use them as uh, as alarm clocks, don't they? And uh, wouldn't even know what that huge yellow thing is that um, <laughs> Dennis carries around with him to get him up in the morning. But always at the wrong time. I know. So it's not a very efficient alarm clock at that. No. Some of the other... <laughs> I think one of my favourite lines, just because it's totally, just brutally honest and well acted, uh, mm. and I will have to, um, I will have to, uh, good place it up uh, when the journalist uh, or the reporter asks him at the end of the marathon, "How do you feel?" <laughs> he says, "How the fuck do you think I'm feeling?" Because <laughs> it's just, it just. <laughs> comes from a place of pure we've all been there i've never yeah. run a marathon i don't think i ever will but i've i've, I've been running and felt like that yeah definitely mm-hmm. yeah so yeah like you that. feel like he's probably uh method acted at that point yeah i think so yeah yeah definitely apparently it was very very cold when they were doing those scenes and it, it was quite mm. unpleasant so yeah i'm sure he yeah was. they were wearing short shorts yeah definitely so i think he was yeah channeling dennis at that mm-hmm. point. Also, I can lose weight, but you'll always be a bleak pole. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a, just merging from favourite lines to worst lines. The, mm-hmm. the point where, I, I always think it's great in a film where a character says the title of the film. Yeah. Um, and yeah, when he says, run, fat boy, run. Yeah. Think, oh, really? Well, it's really? said right at the beginning of the film as well, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, you know when he's chasing the shoplifter. Oh yes, of course, yeah, yeah. She says it to him through the window. Run, yeah, fat boy, run. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, she does. Oh. You're right. And he kind of just goes, ah. yeah, likes it. But... Other other worse lines. He runs marathons for charity, for Pete's sake. Mm, yeah, is that like a particular tick box in people's what I look for in a partner list? Well, Someone who runs marathons for charity, you know, that's it's, very nice. It is oh. absolutely, yeah. All power that doesn't to make you, you a great person. Charity, no, exactly, Sorry. exactly. But <laughs> it doesn't. Yeah, it's like that's that's a shortcut. Like, well, of course he's a good guy. He runs marathons yeah. for charity. Um, yeah, that's not how that works. <laughs> no, and yeah, uh, Stephen Merchant when he when he falls down the stairs or he's knocked down the stairs, 
mm-hmm. and he says, I'm supposed to be running the marathon or whatever the line is. It's just, it's so cheesy. It's it so is. cheesy. Um, at the beginning of the marathon as well, where the, the, uh, the announcer says, oh, to leave anything to chance, you'd have to be a complete idiot. <laughs> yeah, it's clunky. So clunky. Ah, uh, we don't mind. That's probably the stuff that Mike Lee and Black wrote, and they just left it in. That's not side effects, right? <laughs> yeah, we'll blame it on that. Sorry, Mike Lee and Black. I don't know who you are, but... Uh... <laughs> Is it COVID safe? Absolutely not. No way. No how. Although, you know, give it two weeks and it will be. So. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. The, <laughs> the bakery made me nervous. <laughs> yeah. It's all those people in that confined space. That did make me mm-hmm. a little nervous. But, Do you find uh, that you struggle now when you're watching a film? If you have someone that's like sat in a restaurant or a cafe and they're eating and then they get up and leave the table... Do you, in your brain, are you going, put your mask on, put your mask on? To be fair, I, I can't even remember to do that in real life. So, um, you know, no, I do. Obviously, I follow the rules, but it's um, it's difficult to remember, isn't it? It's a, it's a strange mm-hmm. thing. But yeah. no, lots of people in confined spaces like that make me nervous in films. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I don't like lots of people in confined spaces anywhere, but uh, particularly with a potentially, you know, deadly virus on the, on the loose. Mm-hmm. Um, it does make you... It makes you quite nervous. I say the other thing that does that does um, bother me somewhat is what why are they all in the same house at the beginning when the when the wedding is about to take place? I, I'm not sure. I, I've got a feeling that's th- that's something left over from the original New York script, you know, because I think I think in the original script they were supposed to be getting married in a ma- in a big back garden. You know, if you can right, imagine okay. somebody's. I don't know. I, I imagine a, a, a huge house and all the guests and the bride and groom are somewhere in the house and then there's a massive garden. That's where the wedding's taking place. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like they've just kind of transplanted it to a house in, yeah. you know, in, in the middle of London, um, but not actually given much thought to it because it, they, look, they all look like they're going to the church. Mm-hmm. They're not getting married in the house. I mean, you can't get married in, in the house um, currently. So it looks like they're all going off somewhere. So why are they both in the same house? Yeah. And also, why is Libby working on a wedding cake minutes before she's supposed to get married? It's a very good point. It's a very good point. She's a baker, I suppose. Yeah, she's a perfectionist. She is, yeah. Nobody's perfect. That's another good line. (laughs) Yeah, that that, that troubles me. Um, Mm -hmm. I do like, and I, I keep missing these. I'm aware that they're there. But uh, I've rewatched it a couple of times. I do keep missing them. There's a lot of little graffiti Dennises, apparently, like little, um, uh, you know, on the walls, and they're all reflecting Dennis's state of mind at that point in time. Yeah. See, I didn't pick up on a single one of those no. on any of the occasions that I've watched this film. So I am going to have to re-rewatch it. There's a there's a quite an obvious one after the fight uh, in the piano shop. Um, right. that he literally leans against it so you can see it, you can't miss it if you know it's there but I keep missing all the others but I, I can't help think this is it is, he spent a bit too much time with Edgar Wright and wanted to put those little mm. um, little foreshadowing bits in like Is there any in, such in thing as spending too much time with Edgar Wright? Discuss um, <laughs> Maybe not Maybe not. I feel like all it could do is improve your street cred true. infinitely Yeah, true um, but you've also got the tortoise and the hare in the race. The mm. uh, the that are running. The tortoise is running behind um, Dennis, and the mm. hare is running behind Walt. Yeah. To you know, 
it shows you who's going to finish the race and who yeah. isn't. So there's these little clever little bits. And even though, like, like we, we said, we were cruel about the dialogue. We said some of it was a bit clunky, a bit cheesy, but um, there's other little clever bits. Just yeah, there's all sorts. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So I think unless you've got any other business, we're going to finish with other film references because I've got a whole list. It, yeah, well, um, I mean, it's not just film as well. In uh, uh, One of them that I'm like itching, itching to get out of my system is... Um, You've watched Spaced plenty times, same yes, as I have. Of course. And there was all, there's always like the little snippet that comes back to that day when Mike like lost his eyesight proper. Yes. And um, they're always sat up in the tree. And I thought, oh, is that like oh, Dennis yes. and Jake sitting in the tree? Like that's their little oh. secret hideout. And it's like Tim and Mike in Spaced. Oh, I never thought about that. But yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. It just made me think of that, and I was yeah. like, oh. But yeah. then every time I was watching it, and I was, and I saw like Den and Jake side of the tree, I just started th- like hearing the music from Spaced yeah. playing in my head from like the little tree scene. So yeah. By all accounts, they were only four foot up in the air in that uh, in that scene, but they still had to oh. wire him in because oh. there were all these kind of health and safety, health and safety things. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Fair enough. But uh, oh no, that's really cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I suspect that probably is a reference. Yeah, um, it's got to be, hasn't it? Yeah. I'm forever seeing things that are not there in uh, uh-huh. in films. And that one of the one of the real niche things that I think it, to me it's a reference. I'm sure it isn't to them. Um I'm sure that it just you know it's just in there, it's a throwaway thing. But when he eats the volavant on the buffet at mm-hmm. uh, at Libby's um birthday party and then spits it out and uh, yeah, it's disgusting. <laughs> Um, yeah. I I love big. I love big Tom oh, Hanks. Film. Yeah, it made me think of that too. And yeah, because he eats he eats <laughs> like, them all about. He's literally oh. uh, <laughs> just trying to take the, every bit of taste out of his mouth, isn't it? Yeah. It's just real. Like, yeah. It's probably not a reference, but it, it really it reminded me. Of that. <laughs> and it's made me really want to watch that film again, even though it's oh. slightly problematic when you when you rewatch it and think about it a bit too much. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Uh, so yeah, obviously we've already spoke about Rocky. Uh huh. An obvious influence. Ooh, drinking raw eggs as well. I feel like like Simon Pegg Dennis's character would um like that's the real way that that would go down with a oh, pint yeah. of raw eggs is you would have a go and then go definitely <laughs> drink them all back up. There's no yeah. way, no way that's going oh. down. Mm 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 So um. <laughs> The title "Run Fat Boy Run" is kind of like a little homage to "Run Lola Run," which apparently is quite. Uh, that's that's a rewatchable film, you know, that I haven't mm-hmm. rewatched for a while. Yeah, that might be worth yeah. doing. It could be. Yeah. Yeah. Because then we would finally be doing like international films. We need to do I an think international. So far, film. we've kind of stuck on the British ones. Yeah. Yeah. In large part, to me, at my fault. I know. <laughs> But um, yeah, maybe. It's one for the list. It is one for the list. Yeah. Um, I like the uh, I like the Lord of the Rings um, (laughs) references in it. Particularly, um, Jake has a a, a sting sword, which Mm -hmm. I have one of those. I have that exact sword. It lights up when orcs are near. Well, it lights up when you press the button and you put batteries in it. But you know, technically, it lights up when orcs are near. Well, yeah, I, I, I treated myself to one of those for a fancy guest party once, and I, I loved nice. it. I liked brandishing my my sting. 
I've got the Elvias. The Elvias are great. They double up as Spock ears, so, you know. Exactly. That's what I've written down here. It's a solid purchase. Yeah, intertextual (laughs) um, big ears. Because Uh Star Trek was released in 2009. This was 2007. So was Simon Pegg filming Star Trek? Maybe he knew it was on the slate. Oh, at least, yeah, exactly, yeah. Did he know that it was on the cards? Because, yeah, it's yeah. a definite, definite bit of intertextuality, if that's the word it is now. <laughs> and again, I've wrote down whether it's a reference or not, I don't know. But the fact, have you seen They Live? And if you haven't, why no. not? It's on Netflix. Okay. And I know it kind of looks like a zombie film from the little thumbnail, but it isn't. And okay. it's amazing. And there's, a, there's a, the best fight, officially the best fight ever in any uh-huh. film ever that just goes on for a long time for, for quite a long time it was the longest fight scene in film <laughs> it's because it just keeps going on and coming back and then they start fighting again and they stop fighting again <laughs> and then they start fighting again and, they stop, and it's amazing and uh, and that fight that starts in the uh, in, in the, the the piano shop with the <laughs> particularly girly fighting um <gasps> I and then it moves thing. outside it just really reminds me of that big long fight <laughs> footnote Prior to their live, the John Wayne film The Quiet Man had the longest fight scene ever filmed. John Carpenter was determined to film a longer one. The finished article, starring Keith David and wrestler Rowdy Roddy Piper, was 11 minutes long, but was cut to 6 minutes in the final film. Oh, you need to watch it. It's so good. Okay. I'll put that on my list. Like I said, the... the it's probably not at all. Although, you know, I think they are fans of B-movies, aren't they? So maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got a reference to uh, to Hot Fuzz as well, I thought, because he's playing a security guard yeah. um, running after shoplifters rather than a super cop mm-hmm. uh, running after bad guys. And I did also yeah, think we, we've now watched two films in recent uh, months featuring mm-hmm. someone overweight um, playing a security guard um, being yeah. most ill-equipped to, uh, oh. to run after shoplifters because we did the uh, uh, Mark Addy and Full Monty mm-hmm. playing. Security guards get a bit of a rough deal, bless them. They do, yeah, they do. But they're not represented fairly. No, I don't think so, no. So the other sort of film nod that I had, but this is more of a film nod into Run Fat Boy Run mm. afterwards, is, is our, our favourite, wink, wink, not... Uh, Cornetto trilogy film World's End. Oh um, dear! So one of the one of the pubs that they go to is called the Hole in the Wall. Oh! Um, apparently, that is kind of like a little nod to Run Fat Boy Run with him hitting the wall because the wall. there's a shot. Of course, yeah. There's a there's a shot in World's End where the first part of the pub sign is covered up, so all you can see is the wall. And then, okay. Uh, Again, Simon Pegg's character Gary runs through a bush. Right. Not, not over a bush or around a bush, yeah. but yeah, he runs through a bush to get yeah. to the wall pub. Right. The hole in the wall pub. Oh, okay. Go. I yeah. hope I hope that what you're not suggesting there is that we have to go back and rewatch. <laughs> Maybe at some point we could give it another go. We could you know, everything deserves a second chance. I as I say, I have to admit I enjoyed Run Fat by Run more than I did the first time I saw it, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um certainly that certainly two thirds of the film um are very rewatchable. Um yeah. as I say I do it does get a little bit tiresome towards the end. But no, I, I did I did enjoy it a lot more than I remember. 
And who knows, same might be true of World's End. Maybe. We may have to come back and revisit it mm-hmm. at some point when we run out of other films. <laughs> and our list grows with every podcast that we do, so it might be exactly. a good long while. Yeah, this is true. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's I think that's me done. I, I, I just have one yeah. one more question. Has it made you more or less likely to want to run a marathon? Um, I'm gonna say it's not affected my opinion on whether I would like to run a like I would love to run a marathon, but I still very firmly understand in my head that I am not prepared to put that level of training in required to run a marathon. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. And whether I ever get there, I don't know. What about you? No, like you say, I still think a marathon is is uh, it, I think that's out of the question. Mm-hmm. Um, but who knows? It did. I, I'll I'll not lie. It has made me start looking at halves. It Yay! has made me start looking. But I did twelve k yesterday, me. and 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 now everything hurts. So um, we'll see. We'll see. Why, why couldn't you sign up for a flat one instead of? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> there was no places left at Manchester Half this year. Like was there not? I, I think, I think it's just like they were only selling a few because of COVID restrictions. Whereas the Rock and Roller, the do it. I think yeah, it was just be confident that it was going to be okay. So they sold a lot of tickets and yeah. they still got some for sale. So come and join me on the hills. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I'll see how I'll, I'll I'll have another run next week and I'll I'll see how that goes. Yeah. Well, if Dennis can fine. do it, even exactly. though he's a fictional character, then I'm I'm sure we can. Yeah. In the in the meantime, we've got a few more podcasts to uh, think about and record. Yes, we have. We've got a few more before yeah. uh, before the half in uh, in October. Celebrating our one year anniversary Woo! next month. Happy birthday to you. Happy yeah. birthday to us. Whoop. I'll stop singing. That was terrible. Um, oh, yeah, what are we going to do for our one one year anniversary? I don't Pressure's know. It's going to have to be go big or go home. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Pressure is on. Maybe a holiday-themed film, maybe. The options are infinite. They are, yes, yes. We'll have to get right onto that. Mm-hmm. Uh, look at our list. In the meantime, enjoy um, enjoy freedom, everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, be sensible, be safe, get to the cinema. That's your priority. Don't forget to listen to your favourite podcast. Yeah, and if that's not available, you can listen to the She Watchables podcast. Hey! Hey! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, support your local cinema. Get Yay. down there, buy popcorn, mm-hmm. nachos, um, soft rolls marshmallows etc quiet snacks quiet snacks <laughs> and uh we'll uh, we'll see you next month tatty bye ttfm <laughs>